And uh, good afternoon, everybody. How are we doing today? I'm Ben. Uh, I am Patchman Lawrence. I am Reginald. And welcome to episode two of the Sports Insanity podcast. We got a great show for you today, don't we, guys? Oh, yes. It's a beautiful Saturday afternoon, and we have a great show planned for you. You know what? Do us a favor. When you're done, go outside and do something. Am I right? Well, as long as you're social distanced, then... Yes, remember. Remember, everyone, if you you run into someone, six feet. So we got a great show for you to talk. We um, got my friend Matt Martell, who's going to join us in a second. We're going to be talking about the impact of the pandemic on sports. We're going to be talking about... um, NFL power rankings, the XFL, and the U.S. women's soccer team incident. Um, before we start, I just want to thank everybody for the positive feedback of our uh, soft launch last week. Yes, very positive feedbacks. And uh, we haven't been kicked off the internet, so that's a good thing. <laughs> thank God. We've, we've been doing everything right so far, so... Uh, eh, fingers crossed. So, um, yeah, so sit back, relax, and enjoy! So, um... Ah, you missed that one, didn't you, Pash? Enjoy. So, um, we're gonna get down to business now, cause we got, we got so much to talk about and so little time. So, um, well, there's time. You know what I meant. I know. So, um, anyway, I think that we should start the ball, get the ball rolling. Um, joining us will be our, our. First guest ever in this format. Our very first guest. Wow, we're only two episodes in and we're already having guests. We're moving up in the world. Amazing. It's awesome. Joining us today is my good friend, Matt Martell. He is a sports writer for Sports Illustrated. Matt, you there? Hey, Bill. How's it going? Hey. Oh, look at that. I like that. That's perfect. Good to see you, Matt. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? You're doing fantastic. Hanging in there. So, uh, Matt, before we get down to uh, business, why don't you um, tell, t- tell everybody a little about yourself? Well, um, I'm a baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. I've been here for a little over a year. I started in February, the day after the Super Bowl last year when uh, my Rams, I'm a huge Rams fan, lost the Super Bowl. I started working at SI the next day, so... At hey, so something had, uh, good came out of it. I, right, I had to something forget about it pretty quick. Out of it. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, so um, Matt, it has been kind of a weird time working yeah. at Sports Illustrated around this, hasn't it? Oh yeah, I mean, I thought that this was going to either last, you know, maybe a month or two, maybe hopefully less than that. I thought there would be a delay, but I didn't think it would be as prolonged. Uh, a shutdown from sports as it has been and has and as it will continue to be. I probably didn't know that until a couple weeks after the entire sports world shut down. So it's been weird. Um, it's been busy though. I'm surprised that that um, uh, working for a sports website magazine has been as busy as it has been when there are no sports to cover. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in the sports world. We're tracking. Uh, when sports are going to continue. The NFL draft was last weekend. Um, and then there's just, I mean, the Red Sox um, report came out from MLB, their investigation. So there's been a lot of stuff happening in, in sports, even with no actual competitions happening. It's a very strange thing. Am I right, guys? 
Yeah, well, like like we discussed last week, we were talking about how like there's no sports, and then like you have like ESPN doing their Ocho gig, which is actually back again <laughs> today. It started at noon, I think, on regular ESPN. And you but were that, watching it, weren't you? Every second batch, right? Well, I'm gonna after we're done with this thing, I'm gonna be watching for a while before I hop on Xbox and start playing a few games with a few of my friends. But like, but like, I agree. It's just a weird time we're in. You know, yeah, you know, it's just. Yeah, so um, so, so Matt, how many like different models are there tracing when sports are going to be back? Well, um, how high can you count? Um, the models are are almost infinite just because there are so many different uh, intricacies to each proposed plan that if one thing changes, then the entire plan has to change a little bit. And people don't really know how the virus is going to progress and adapt and how when that happens, these plans to return to sports are going to change. Um, baseball you, um, has the... Do you know baseball, any of the different plans? Yeah, so baseball has the, the Arizona plan where it wants to either play an abbreviated season from all of the spring training facilities in Arizona. They also have a uh, variation of that plan where they play in two or three different states, Florida and Texas being the other one or two. Um, it would probably go in the order of Arizona, Florida, and then if they played in a third state, it would be Texas um, because they have the facilities there. The weather is, I guess, better, especially for summer uh, baseball, the states have been a, a little bit more laxed, whether that's a good thing or not, the states have been a little bit more laxed about restrictions and, um, there, it would probably be easier for baseball to return there if it did. The problem with that is, um, how much they'd have to contain players, coaches, media members, umpires, which people tend to forget about, um, in all this and travel and, uh, because it's the because umpires is the job nobody wants, right? But they're absolutely essential to this. And if you can't you can't play a game in an abbreviate in any season right now, but in an abbreviated season especially without umpires, because if they're playing at spring training facilities, um, you don't have instant replay technology set up the same way, and they're not going to really set it up. They're definitely not going to use robotic umpires when they haven't had the technology yet perfected in major league baseball they're not going to use that in this abbreviated maybe a hundred game max season um so umpires actually become a lot more important um here in this type of setting so you absolutely need to figure out how you're going to get them involved um my colleague stephanie Epstein wrote a, a story about this that was went up last night about umpires how they are in poorer health just by being in an older demographic and they're not professional athletes. Um, so they're probably a little bit more susceptible to the impacts of the coronavirus anyway. So you'd have to figure out how to protect them and their families because- Absolutely. Um, if it, so there's a lot of different pieces moving. You're definitely not gonna have baseball games or probably any sporting events with fans. Um, and even then it's difficult to figure out how to put on a sporting event and a sporting season. I think the other thing is 
there's a difference between putting on one sporting event, a baseball game, a football game, whatever, and having an entire season, even an abbreviated season. Because sure, you go through one game, one practice, one tournament even without um, somebody getting sick, but now you have to do it again the next day or the next weekend. And it gets a lot more difficult to keep people uh, from getting a virus that is so hard to track. That and also, you know, the, the, the idea that, you know, the owners have been very adamant about is the testing. The, the right. cities have been about is testing. That we need more testing in order to ensure that, you know, when the players play, everyone is either safe from the virus or if they're not safe from the virus, they're isolated from the teams. And um, it's kind of, it, it's very strange. It's very strange. And I know that, you know, a lot of these areas, you know, in the United States are very condensed. They're very congested. So it's going to be hard to play in those cities, which is why Absolutely. going to Arizona, Texas, or Florida, you know, is probably suitable, but I guess not. It, it's 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 hard. It's hard. It's not very suitable for a lot of teams, especially teams that don't want to be away from their families. Yeah. Well, here's another part of it that could be tricky. Uh, who are the five pitchers in the Yankees rotation this year? One of them, Masahiro Tanaka, is currently back home in Japan. It was probably he thought it was safer there, um, less condensed. He could be in a more comfortable setting, so he got out when baseball shut down. Um, to with family to you know all of that it, it, it makes sense for him to do that in either well right it depends on how and when they open up so you and he's definitely not the only international player in baseball i don't know how many of them went back to their you know native countries but at the same time it's it's going to be difficult to get every person involved back to start a season um it, there are a lot of variables and there are more things that are going to come up once you try to start implementing a plan that people did the safety of the players and the fans right that's top priority right right and i just don't know exactly how it's going to happen when everything's going to come back hopefully soon i really want to watch baseball and i don't really want to keep watching um the 1995 alds where the walked off the yankees i've seen that three times already since (laughs) um quarantine started um, great game, and I, you know, I have no problem watching uh, a game, uh, a great game from the past. But at some point, I want to see new competition. Yeah, you, you're bringing this up to me, Matt, and you know, as a Yankee fan, that is very <laughs> painful. Yeah, you know, figured enough times gone by. But um, yeah, the other plans is the division realignment. Is that right? Can I heard like the they might put like the Yankees and the Mets in the same division or? Yeah. Yeah. This, yes. this was first reported by uh, Bob Nightingale of USA Today. He's the one that first came out with uh, this proposed plan, where there's three teams in each division, thirty, the uh, ten teams in three divisions. Um, yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, no. And it's regionalized. Uh, so there's West and there's like the Central. So all the teams that's like in the Midwest and then of course the Eastern uh, Coast teams. Um, but it's a really interesting plan. It, it puts a lot of the local teams together and facing each other so I, I think it's interesting but do you think it's suitable I mean they have the Braves in the central which is you know kind of tough you know having them to travel you know for at least you know 80 games 
for this year, you know, I mean, it's going to be kind of tough. If they do those divisions like that, the, the different regions, uh, I'm assuming uh, the Central would be the group of teams that played in Texas. Mm. The East would play in Florida. The West would play in Arizona. So there would be less travel in that regard. Um, gotcha. And I don't, okay. I don't know exactly how the scheduling would work. I said I saw the report said there would be about 100 games. But in that sort of setting, would they just play against people in their division? Would they play at one time against other teams in other divisions? That's the tricky part because if you start adding that, there's more variables about traveling out of state. Um, so probably the easiest way to do it would be to just have only divisional games for this 100-game season. Um, and then you do playoffs and at the time you do playoffs, hopefully, um, it's easier to travel or they do all of the playoff games in one of the specific States, whether it be Phoenix, um, Arizona, or maybe Florida, uh, Texas. I don't know, but then you do it out of there because you won't really have home field advantage in this case, because you're not having, there are no fans. Most teams aren't playing out of their home stadiums anyway, if any of them are. So there are ways to do it, but it, it's tricky. Yeah, because um, I heard somewhere that they're that they might be um, what you call it um, that they might be doing neutral ground games, right? And now I'm it hearing ha- that uh, there was one article I read back that they might even extend the season to like November, heck, even December. <laughs> Silly. Yeah, I don't know exactly how that would work. Um, they, well, I, I think if you're in like see, Arizona or right, Texas right. or Florida, it works because it's warm. If you pl- if you try to play baseball in December here in New York, you'd freeze your ass off. Right. I mean, you could do it. I but the one the one problem if you drag the season on into November December is then you're cutting into the off season for next year, and a lot of players use the entire off season to recover their bodies. Look at what the Red Sox did this past season in 2019. They had their pitchers, you know, it, it kind of backfired. But after they had all their pitchers pitch an extra month in October to get them to win the World Series, they started their um, off-season training late. They didn't really have a full spring training workout in spring training. They started that late because they wanted to give their pitchers more time to recover in an off season where most teams have a full extra month, the team that wins the world series doesn't. So the, if you bring a season into December, maybe even January, depending on how everything works out scheduling, then that's uh, a, a couple, you know, at least two fewer months of off season that the players would have. And that's probably not going to get through the players association. And it would also mess up the calendar a little bit because, you know, let's say you have the season that ends in like a, late November, early December, I don't think it's realistic, but let's say it does. Spring training would then be two months away. Like right. that's, not, that, that's not reliable for a lot of these people that really need time to recover. Especially right. For a long like, is that going to be enough time to recover? That's the big question. Right. No, it, it probably wouldn't be, especially for pitchers. Um, so... So what do you think it so do you think the Arizona plan is the best way to go? If you return, I feel like you'd have to do uh some sort of version of the Arizona plan, even if it's the 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 three different state plan. 
you'd have to have some version of that to do it if you did it. I, I, I can't make any predictions or recommendations right now. That just, but it does seem like that's the safest version of returning to baseball uh, in 2020. Yeah, you recently wrote an article. I apologize, Bill, for cutting you off. No, no, go right ahead. It's a, it's a, it, overall, it's just a really tough time because there's a lot of things to it. But another thing that you brought up was, and this one terrifies me, is this idea that we won't be able to see Mr. Albert Pujols get to number 700 right. uh, career home runs. And you have the players like Miguel Cabrera, both Hall of Famers, 100%, um, might not reach their milestone. Miguel Cabrera has two of the 3,000 hits and the 500 home runs. You know, if the season gets canceled or pushed back a little bit more. Um, like, it's just, it's just amazing how, you know, just an impact of having a lost season or a very abbreviated season can really change the trajectory of, of those numbers. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the one thing that um, is interesting to look at is I think Pujols is uh, how this impacts his legacy at getting to um, the, the round numbers that we love, uh, 700 home runs. I mean, he was on pace to get to exactly 700 home runs with a full season in 2020 and a full season in 2021. That's he has two years insane. left on his contract. Um, he's been averaging uh, about uh, 22 home runs a year, and he's 44 away from 700. He would have, it would have been an outside shot, but he's been fairly consistent in the last three years or so about hitting that sort of mark and averaging that over um, a full season of whatever his full season is, 130, 140 games. So that would have been uh, – that's probably not going to happen anymore because he's not going to sign for another another year after this. Um, the other he. thing that's – what's up? Well, then neither should he. Me no, no, not at all. Right. Now, but the other thing is if you had looked at the pace that he's on, right – uh, if they had had a full season this year, he probably would have finished, you know, somewhere around seven, uh, 3,454 hits is what, if you add what his pace is to the next two years, which would have put him at seventh all time, he would have finished with 700 home runs, fourth all time, would have been the fourth member of the 700 home run club. If you add the RBIs he is averaging to what he already has, he would have finished with 2,247 which would have put him in second place all time. It would have been one of three players to reach 2,000 RBIs. The other, being, uh, the other two being Babe Ruth, who's, third, who's second right now, would be third if Albert had gotten that far, and Hank Aaron uh, first. And then he would have been second all time in total bases had he continued on the 210 total base pace for the next two seasons. He would have been second all time with 6,000. 283 total bases. So now, if, he, if there's no baseball in 2020 and a full 2021 season, assuming he keeps this pace, it'll be at 3,328 hits, which is 10th of all time, 678 home runs, which would be fifth. He would still trail Alex Rodriguez at 696, but he would pass Willie Mays at 660. Um, he would be 
uh, third with RBIs with 2,161. So he would still reach that 2,000 RBI plateau, but he, he would not uh, be second all time. And he would be third in total bases with 6,073. So the lost year of Albert robs us of a few more celebrations. Um, it doesn't really question his, you know, put his greatness into question, uh, whether he's second or third in RBIs and total bases doesn't make too much of a difference. Whether he gets to 700 home runs or not isn't that big of a deal for his overall legacy, but it's still something. And it still robs us of a chance to celebrate uh, the player who was once the best in the game for, you know, good, you know, five to 10 year period. And he's just a good, he's a cool guy to watch. Right. right. He is. Yeah. Just fun. a fun player to watch, a fun person to watch play Emerson. Overall, great guy. Definitely yeah. one of my top 10 players to watch. Oh, mine too. I heard he's just, and I heard he's a really good guy too. So, um, and also you were talking about Miguel Cabrera as well. Yeah. Now, now he's interesting because this spring he actually looked healthy. It didn't look like he was going to uh, collapse every time he, he walked or, you know, stepped in the batter's box. Um, and he had a pretty good spring. Um Heading into this year, he was 185 hits shy of 3,000 and 23 home runs away from 500. Um, a healthy Miguel Cabrera can have 185 hits in a season. Uh, the question is um, what an abbreviated season or a canceled 2020 season would do to that. Because right now, even if he didn't get to – 3,000 in 2020 with a full 2020 season. He'd get there sometime in early 2021, considering he stayed healthy, but or assuming he stayed healthy. But if you don't have a 2020 season, um, he comes back, he's 38 returning to the lineup, and he's been, you know, crumbling for the last two or three years. He'll be another year older, one major injury away from not being able to take the field again. Um, he's signed for a decent amount of time. I believe he's signed through 2023 or 2024 with an option. But if he is, you know, he keeps hurt hurt. and he's older, there's it's a little less certain that he can get to 3,000 hits and 500 home runs, which were at one point, uh, which one, which at one point seemed like um, they were inevitable for him to get there. Well. The thing is, yeah, because of what's going to happen to the season, that puts these milestones in jeopardy. Right, right. I mean, it, it's it's not the most important thing to worry about, but it sure is something that that baseball fans kind of rally behind when a when a you know veteran player who is not the same that he once was, you know, starts to approach these achievements. And we all like to tune in and see, you know, did he get his three thousandth hit? What five uh, hundredth home run? How many is he away? Uh, 600, 700, whatever. Um, it's something that we, you know, tend to, to all rally around. So I, I think that that is something that's essential to fans and it's something that we could be robbed of if there is no 2020 season for the likes of some of these players. Okay, but ages might be a factor. But the key thing about this, though, Alex Rodriguez granted suspension, missed an right. entire season, and he was way up there, way in his 30s and 40s. Right. And, you know, even though it was just for one season, he had an incredible bounce back here in 2015. Mm-hmm. You know, isn't that realistic for someone like Miguel Cabrera if they don't, uh, if he, there's no 2020 season, that in 2021 he can be back in 
like so much form because there's oh, so much yes. rest? Yes, there, there definitely is a possibility. And it, it, I'd say even maybe a slight probability that Miguel Cabrera at least reaches 3,000 hits over, you know, the two, three years remaining on his contract when he comes back. The problem is we've seen the way injuries have impacted his career, at least the last two or three seasons. Aaron didn't have the same sort of injury that kept him out for a full year. He had the hip problem a year or two before the suspension that, that caused him to, to miss a decent amount of time, but he, he came back healthy. Cabrera hasn't been healthy the last two or three years. uh, And, Really, what's, what's hurt him when he has been on the field um, has been his power numbers have, have dropped. Um, when he's played a full season, he can still hit, you know, 290, 280, 300 even. But he's not uh, – he doesn't have the power that he once did. Um, so I think that uh, another injury could be the end of him, um, especially as he gets older. Um, so it's a little bit um, tougher to say that he'll have a – a resurgent 2021 season, um, even even though it's it's happened before, and somebody as talented as Miguel Cabrera, you don't ever really want to doubt. Yeah, this could again, like, what's going to happen with all this? Because Cabrera keeps getting injured. Pujols, this you said he really he does have something to worry about, but not as bad as Cabrera. If that makes sense. Well, he, well, the thing is, he's already got to 600. He's uh, home runs. He's still, he's already got to 3,000 hits. Um, the only milestone left that's, you know, uh, one of the, the, the main round numbers is 700 home runs. And he had an outside shot of getting there anyway, had he kept up that 22 home run pace over the next two years. Now that we're already delayed a month plus into the 2020 season, and probably not going to start until the end of June at the absolute earliest. Yeah, because uh, I was seven hundred home runs. Seven hundred home runs is over for him, because that's already half a season of at bats and chances to get um, the twenty-two home runs a year pace. That's already done. He he's not going to get to seven hundred home runs now. Because um, what I'm hearing with the um come of when the season's going to come back, I'm hearing earliest. You said late June, latest. They're saying July second. Yeah, but the latest, I, I, I think that that's tough to say. I, I think latest, realistically, is probably the beginning of, 20, of the 2021 season. It, it, there is a chance in this year um, because I think that there's a lot of optimistic models that say you can do it, you can do an abbreviated season. I would love there to be one. But when you start bringing players back, there are a lot of uh, unforeseen potential comp- uh, consequences that could happen. Um, a player gets sick. You have to quarantine him for 14 days. Now you have to bring up a minor leaguer or a guy who's not on the active roster. What are you going to do with them? There's not going to, you know, it's probably really unlikely that there's going to be a minor league season. Um, so now you're going to have to carry extra guys at the spring training complex who are now going to say, I don't know, say DJ LeMay, who gets the coronavirus, knock on wood, God forbid, whatever, any of these players, say it happens. Well, now you're going to have to bring up maybe Tyro Estrada from the minors or whoever, right? You bring him up, 
but he's not playing a minor league season. So you have to have him working out at the spring training complex, staying in shape for baseball at the chance that somebody gets hurt. Maybe you keep a, a larger active roster to, you know, prevent this. Um, say they get sick, they get hurt, whatever. You got to bring somebody up. Um, and then do you have to quarantine the whole team? Because LeMahieu is interacting with all of these players on a daily basis. So what happened with them. It's just, that's what happened in the NBA with the uh, Jazz right. player. His name, right. I'm sorry, his name's Rudy Gobert. Yeah, Gobert. Rudy Gobert, yeah. Because they had to quarantine the whole Jazz team and anyone who played them, like, within the past right. 10 days. Like, I think they had, I think all the Knicks had to quarantine, correct me if I'm wrong. Right, so it's just, it's something that there's, it's hard to know that a season can go uninterrupted it's one thing to start a season it's another thing to finish it um if you don't have a vaccine and very strict quarantining um procedures in place because i think what else can be a factor is we've been seeing there are a couple states that are going to be lifting the stay-at-home orders like this coming week right and some of them already have and god forbid they'll like hopefully if that's the case and this is going to sound very pissy of me to say, I hope the MLB doesn't allow fans in that case, because God forbid, we don't know everybody's case. No, there will not be fans no, in not at all. a ballpark in 2020. It, it, that, that's pretty much out of the question. Um, some, of the leagues, some, of the, some of the leagues, like NFL specifically, are, are kind of holding out hope and not letting on that, that there's any possibility that they won't have a 2020 season or that they won't have fans in attendance, but realistically well, there will be not be any fans, period. I think that the NFL is a little more, is probably there's a better chance that there's going to be fans, a slightly better chance. There's a slight chance Absolutely. that just, there's just a slight chance in the NFL. Because the NFL is later in the year, so. I hope, I, thing is hope, I, hope you, I hope you're right. How's that? I, I hope you're right. I hope, I hope I'm wrong. I hope, I hope it works out. It's just the different states, the vast geographic region, the uh, interstate travel, all of these different factors make it really difficult for sports to happen, especially because in cities, as I believe Reggie was saying before, in cities, they're densely populated, and that's where professional sports teams are located. That's why Major League Baseball is trying to do the sort of abbreviated plan in Arizona and Florida and Texas and keep them all together. But the, but the NFL specifically, if they want to have fans in their stadiums, there's no set region where there are 20 different stadiums or 15 different stadiums where you can host football games all like that with fans. Absolutely. So there's just so many problems with uh, fans that, that that's definitely, I can almost say with a hundred percent certainty that there will not be fans in attendance at these specific sporting events for the rest of the year. Now, are you um, aware of the, of the rift, the possible rift between the players union and the league? about possibly playing because I know the players are really especially the player union they're really um they're not 
they're not certain one that it's safe enough to play because of the one there's the, that second wave that's expecting to come. So, right. you know, there's, I mean, I'm not sure if there's like a huge rift or, because I know money's involved too. That's another thing. Cause I know players are taking salary cuts and they don't like that. Um, so can you, if, if you're close enough to it, can you sort of explain that? Cause it's, it's, it's really an interesting thing as well. Another thing to think about the players, you know, they're, they want to play, but they also want to be safe. And if they're going to lose time, they also want to make sure that they have their, their safety money. Right. Well, well, for basically the players specifically, there hasn't been too much of a, a rift between the players union and the owners specifically regarding the coronavirus. I mean, service time manipulation, um, uh, the CBA, all of these other problems have uh, created an ongoing rift that's kind of just subsided as they try to work through the coronavirus pandemic right now. Um, the players really do want to play. There's no doubt about that. How much and they're willing to give up in order to play uh, is up for debate and it's something that varies from player to player and it has some of this has nothing to do with money uh Clayton Kershaw has said that he doesn't want to be away from his family for an extended period of time to play an abbreviated season in Arizona and really I don't blame him for that um Nolan Arenado said he'll play whenever Joe Madden has said that he'd play on the moon now there are problems with that um, because every player is at a different standpoint financially, at a different stage in their careers, um, have X number of years left on their contracts. Those vary from player to player. Um, I think right now the goal for the Players Union and Major League Baseball is so um, is as collective as it's been for any other dispute that they've had in the past. They want to get on the field and they want people to be safe. That, I mean, it's a unified goal. And I think that that's created fewer rifts in the past. And I think the uncertainty of what the contingency plans would be um, because we're not really close yet to figuring anything out has allowed um, there to be uh, better relations and, and less animosity towards one another. I think if there are solutions that come in and different proposals, um, that could create more of a rift. I know the MLB Players Union had just recently rejected uh, the owner's plan of how they want to have the, M the MLB draft this year. Uh, 10 rounds, fewer signing bonuses, less value for specific slots, and the players don't want that specifically, the players' union, because they either, A, want these draft picks to get paid, what they probably should, especially because playing baseball is a full-time job, regardless of what minor leaguers make anyway. So you have that part of it. And plus, they don't like the precedent of being able to shrink the signing bonuses, which are what a lot of these high draft picks, you know, live off of for the first year or two in the minors. So... With all that being said, I guess, the, the long-winded way of saying that, no, there isn't too much um, of a rift right now, specifically regarding this and coming back. I think as you get closer to coming back and 
more of these, you know, proposed policies become more concrete and seem more real, there could be more of a rift. But right now, specifically with returning, there hasn't been too much um, animosity and anger. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry I keep harping on this, but um, we're gonna I'm gonna try to combine everything right now. What we've been talking about okay. with baseball and the Arizona plan, um, you know, talking about like with other sports, things that have been coming out over the past week. One is um college football. Right. They're planning on um, here are some of the plans I've been hearing. One just acts in the 2020 season. Plan two is just having the season, but with no fans, like what everybody else is doing, and. I'll be honest, that is probably like going to be the most depressing thing because college football is like built on the the bands, the fans. If I don't, if, right. if, I, don't, if I don't get to see Lee Corsell's, um mascot pick for who he's picking to win, I'm not interested. Um, <laughs> That's the highlight of my Saturday when I'm working is Lee Corsell putting the mascot head. That's the um, highlight of my day. Yeah, you got those um, – and also, I'm here. They might just wait until get this next spring to play the 2021 college football season. And also, you know, with the NBA, I don't know. They're here. They're thinking about moving to finish the season either in Disney World or in Vegas. Right. I'm sorry so, if that was a long. No, 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 no. So question, but. the the answers, I guess, for these are somewhat similar, right? You. They don't know anything yet. They can make all these proposals. They can try to change um, and come up with these answers. But as things change, they're going to have to update these proposals and uh, decide. Uh, uh, Pat Forty, uh, one of our uh, college football writers, wrote a whole column saying, we don't have to rush to make a decision about college football in April, which is when it was published now. It's May. But still, we don't have to rush to make a decision in May either. Um, he quoted somebody saying that it, it's why would we try to make a decision four weeks out when we don't know how the virus is going to progress in four weeks from now. But you also got to so, look from the college football perspective. You got to right, look how are the universities? Right. Because, like for instance, in New York, um, as of yesterday, all schools and colleges they're closed through the rest of the year now. And well, here's well, the that thing. was expected. Bill, Bill, Bill. Here's the thing. All right. College football, the thing that we love about it is how vast it is, how many schools play, how many programs there are, how many different geographies are represented. That specifically is what makes this such a difficult problem to solve here because what's, you know, where are the two most uh, impacted regions by the coronavirus right now? The Northeast you know, bigger cities in that area, New York City, um, a lot of places on the northeastern part of the country and the northwest, right? There are some major college football programs there and their problems are a lot different in figuring this out than in, you know, Alabama, where there are fewer cases where the population isn't as dense. So in Alabama and in the SEC, a lot of, there they could be much more willing and it could be much safer for them to come back and play games in the fall where my alma mater Penn state probably won't have that luxury the same way. And the, uh, Washington, and the, big ten, Oregon. And the, big, the big 10 is actually in an interesting case because not only in the Northeast, but then they're also in those Midwestern states. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So there are different things. There are different 
solutions to that too, which are maybe you have two different sections of a season where, you know, the SEC, um, maybe the ACC, whatever, they play certain games, the Big 12, um, in the fall, maybe. And then you have, as the curve flattens in the Northeast or the Northwest, um, the Pac-12 conferences, the Big 10, the Big, whatever, right? They come back and play, as you were saying, in, you know, January, February, March next year in 2021. But the problem with that is the second wave you were talking about, that that is expected to happen in January, right? When the season is about to start or when the fall season is going to end, when the college football playoff is going on. There, um, and then if you do separate it into two different halves of seasons, you know, some of them play in the fall, some of them play in the winter, spring, right? Now you're going back to having, say, the, the AP poll decide who is the national championship. So there are so many different things working against college football as a unified national sport um, that makes it really difficult to have um, it happen, and which makes it a lot more difficult to plan, you know, four or five months out. Now, the other thing is these are amateur athletes. They are not getting paid right now to play college sports. This is not a profession for them. It has the opportunity to, to develop into one, but if you're looking at their motivations to play, it is completely amateur right now, especially because a lot of big draft picks, you know, potential, you know, first, second round, third round picks in next year's draft are already known and scouted by a lot of the NFL teams. Because you so know, if the season into January, is Trevor Lawrence going to want to play in January and risk, um, you know, the time or in, in play college football, risk injury in January, February, when the NFL drafts in April and risk, and risk the workout time that he's normally doing there to specifically get ready for the NFL draft. So if you need, if these, you know, players were already looking for an incentive to get out of bowl games. Well, now we're going to have a regular season in January and February. That that's even more of a reason for these guys to completely forego the college football season and just play, you know, get ready for the NFL draft. And the third thing that's really complicated with this is the two biggest money-making sports for college athletics are football and basketball, and college basketball. Yeah. Both of them are multi-million dollar industries every year. And, you know, so, basketball probably lost a crap ton of money. Do you, the right. They've already missed this year's March Madness tournament. Do you want college football and college basketball competing against one another for, for TV airtime, for fans, if they even allow fans to come in at all? They could have limited fans. I mean, now you're competing for both of these things in a finite pool where there still could be um, risk of people getting sick then too. So all this is to say that, you know, we don't know anything yet, but we know some of the risks and it just seems unlikely college football is in a weird spot. Um, if the universities don't come back uh, and have on-campus classes, can you really have uh, these athletes competing? 
maybe. You know, you know what, though? This brings up a – will players like, you know, Trevor Lawrence and the other seniors, will they, like, be eligible for, for another year if there's, like, no – uh, probably. The, I mean, if there's no season, they can just grant an extra year of eligibility to these guys. It's not like it's, it's high schoolers who are graduating from high school and going to college. And it's not like little leaguers who are now 13 and they can't play in the little League world series. That's just been canceled in college. You can just grant an extra year of eligibility. Um, you can give them all, you know, blanket red shirts, but the problem is Trevor Lawrence, um, and any of the other, you know, big time draft prospects are just going to go to the draft if they have, you know, if their stock is high enough anyway, because why play another year in college if you can just go and make a lot of money? I know, right? You might as well so just... those aren't the guys that you're worried about granting another year of eligibility to. It's the guys who are juniors and sophomores maybe who have a draft case, but maybe aren't as high as they would be in the following year's draft if they played another year in college and added to their resume and, um, you know, boosted their draft stock that way. Those are the guys that you grant an extra year of eligibility to, which is great. I mean, I, I think that that's the least that the NCAA can do to these guys if they're missing a year of sports. So we'll see. They would, well, again, they just, they might just say, you know what, screw beating college for another year. I'm just going to the NFL. Right. Well, that's, oh, that's the it. problem. And that's why they will grant them an extra year of eligibility so that they can try at the very least to keep at least some of their uh, more talented upperclassmen in the college ranks for another year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I touched on um, NBA, but I, but I feel like NBA is pretty much in the same position as baseball because. The, the, the NBA is different though. And, and, the, and the reason it's different is because games are inside. There's a lot of uh, – the space is a lot closer. It's more condensed. If you're driving to the hoop and you are, you know, really sweaty and you're contacting at least one or two people each time you drive, you know, to the basket. So, so that's a way that you could spread it. Um, you quarantine them, that's fine. But I think uh, basketball is a lot harder to uh, limit the impact – of a uh, potential virus being spread during an, a specific um, competition than say baseball, where there are fewer people that are within six feet of each other. There's less person to person contact um, than there is in basketball or football. Um, hockey's weird to begin with um, being inside and on the ice. So there's a lot of different things that go into it. Um, that's why each sports, you know, has its own sort of, um, problems to deal with and, and uh, things to figure out if they want to return. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I, mean, I said this last week to all the guys here, you know, I, I really don't think it's the right time to bring those sports back. I understand people want to see a championship here. Like I want to see some big crown of champion. I like to see Giannis get his uh, first <laughs> championship, but you know, it, it's just not realistic right now, you know, with all those possibilities of, you know, what could happen when you're trying to contain a virus that's very contagious. Right, exactly. And, uh, Ross Mason, if you listen to this, we're sorry that we might have to ax your hockey. Yeah. A friend of ours, he's a big hockey buff. Big hockey buff. Like, like um, today was supposed to be the running of the Kentucky Derby. Right. It's for it's first, first Saturday of the month. Kentucky Derby is supposed to be going to on. Not running it till September, so that – that's like that's going to be a weird thing if that happens. Having the Kentucky Derby in the middle of September, 
it's just a weird time. I think the, you're supposed to have the Masters coming up soon with the PGA. It's just a weird time. Like, yeah. like, like, like we discussed last week, it really can't run any sport at the moment. Because then you got to see how all the cities are doing, how are all the cases. And um, here's the real heartbreaking question, Matt. I know you don't want to answer this, but what okay. is the possibility that 2020, we're just not going to have any sports? It, it, there is a possibility. Um, I, I cannot put a number on it. Um, I, I, the easiest number to say would be 50-50. Um, but even that's high for people who try to be optimistic. I, I don't know. You might have um, individual sports. Tennis might be able to play. Golf might be able to play. Um, but I just don't know. And, and nobody knows. That's the one thing. Nobody knows for sure. I think not right now. People are just, because not just with sports, but which is this whole thing in general. Right. Is the uncertainty that's freaking everybody out. Right. Exactly. So, so we don't know. Um, we can hope we listen. We, you know, try to, uh, figure things out as we go, but we nobody knows yet. So that's all we can tell you. That's all we know. Yeah. Yeah. And let's just hope that, you know, obviously the, the president has talked with all the commissioners already. Uh, Cuomo just put all the New York teams, their owners onto his board to reopen the state. So let's just hope that our government leaders are also getting involved and making sure that the Because I know Fauci approved Arizona plan, so. We'll see what happens. That's the, the best we can do. We'll see what happens. And, you know, getting back to baseball for a second. Okay, this has nothing to do with the pandemic, which I hope is okay, because I think we need something to, you know. Right, right, yeah. We got one thing to touch on baseball, too. Now, yeah, that was what I was going to lead you right into that. that? I, I, can, I can go first? All right. No, I, know we, right I, I know we talked about Pujols and Cabrera milestones, but I wanted to bring up Max Scherzer. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because he's uh, chasing 3,000 strikeouts. Right. And you also touch on that also with the Nationals, they might not have a banner ceremony this year. Right. So winning the World Series. It's just those two things I was looking forward to since I am a big Nats buff. Okay. So, so yeah, the, the Max Scherzer, you'd think he's going to get there, but he's going to be another year older. And pitchers yeah. specifically age weird. Um their arms get tired. Um, they push through one injury and it gets worse. Um, they come back and their stuff just isn't as sharp. Um, it's, it's hard to imagine Max Scherzer not having the same stuff that he had this year and last year and the year before and, and really for the last you know decade. But the problem is one day it's gone. Pitchers seem to decline quickly even if they don't have an injury. And if there's no season, he's another year older. That's a year without having strikeouts. Um, And I believe he's a free agent after next season. After after next season, he's a free agent. Yes, right. So at a time when teams are investing less and less into aging starting pitchers, you know, what's his contract situation going to be like? I believe somebody will sign him with the – you know, chance to, to get to 3,000 strikeouts in their uniform. 
with a chance to mentor the young pitchers, with a chance to, you know, lead them to a playoff and World Series before he's completely done. I think Scherzer will get to 3,000, but you don't know. You don't know when he's going to blow out his shoulder, when his back gives out, whatever, his elbow, anything. Um, and, yes. and pitchers even let, are, are less certain than players that they'll be back at the level that they were before. To me, it would cap. Go ahead. I was going to say, it would cap off his career. You know, two no-hitters. He's part of the 2020 Chicago Club, and he has a World Series. So it would add to his already Hall of Fame career resume. Right, right. Um, it, it doesn't take away, but, I mean, it, no, would, it, definitely lock, it would definitely lock him in. Um, so there's that. Go ahead, Reginald. And then you talk, you talk about the aging of uh, pitchers. You know, you think about younger pitchers like Jacob DeGrom, who's like right sweet, right in the middle, you know, right. getting to his prime, if not in his prime already. And he's already won back-to-back Cy Youngs. So, you know, what does that do for someone like him? You know, I don't think he's going to skip a beat because, you know, this guy is, you know, he's had two brilliant seasons. You know, obviously a missed season is going to maybe hold up a little bit of his progress, but, you know, he doesn't, I don't know how much he needs to go because this guy's amazing. You know, he can, and he has a lot, loads of potential. You know, he's just right in that sweet spot, you know, where he's like prime, he's young, and he's hip, and he can, you know, chase pretty much everything. So DeGrom, right, is he would have been an, uh, a free agent this past off season had he not signed a, an extension with the Mets. And, and that deal ends up looking great for the Mets after you see what the payday that, that Garrett Cole and Strasburg got. So um, that's just to say that DeGrom is right in that sweet spot where he is on a, a, a favorable contract with the Mets. He's really, really good. He's won back-to-back Cy Youngs. Um, this year, with no abbreviated season, he would have been – the, you know, he, he would be chasing three Cy Young uh, in a row. Um, believe the first pitcher to do that if he did it since Greg Maddox. So, Ooh. right. But, but, right. But, but um, the thing is, if there is no season, yeah, he can still get there in 2021 and it would technically be three straight Cy Young awards. But is there an asterisk there without a 2021 season with, Max Scherzer, probably the guy who has the best shot in the National League other than DeGrom to win a Cy Young Award. Now that he's a year older, does it, what does that do to the competition for, you know, winning three straight with in, in, but in four years? The other thing is if there is half a season in 2020, um, he only has to be the best pitcher in baseball for half a year. You know, do you look at his three straight Cy Young Awards in the same light as you look at um, when Greg Maddox did it. Greg did the, it three straight years, actual three straight full seasons. Full seasons, yes. So that that's, you know, different. I mean, it's still an accomplishment. And um, the other thing is if there is baseball this year and there's a 100-game season, right, or an 80-game season or whatever, um, how do we view the World Series champ? Is it is Do we look at that accomplishment the same way as we would look at, say, what the Nationals did last year? There is historic precedent to playing a 100-game season and winning the World Series. Um, The 1981 uh, Los Angeles Dodgers won the World Series that year. Um, They played a total of 100 games about there. 
um, with a, a, a midseason strike that, you know, cut out a decent chunk of the season. Um, to determine who went to the playoffs, they ended up actually doing a first half champion and a second half champion as the, 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 the teams that would qualify to go to the playoffs. Interestingly, that year, um, the St. Louis Cardinals had the best overall record. If you counted the whole 1981 season, they had the best, they, they, they would have been in first place in the um, National League West, but they came in second for both half seasons. So they didn't go to the playoffs. So anyway, anyway, the way that, that, that I say this as, as precedent is we don't look at the Dodgers championship that year in 1981 as, as a fluke or as an asterisk next to um, their title. They were just the 1981 world champions. The last time the Dodgers won the world series is 81. We don't consider it a, a less of an achievement because it happened in a hundred games. And I guess the way you'd say that is the situation is team as it is for a team in 162 games, they're still playing the same season. So it, it's still an accomplishment to win the world series. It's just maybe a little different in how you get there. Okay. This next thing has nothing to do with milestones or the virus or anything, but I know patch has a take on this. Okay. Manny Ramirez is making a comeback. Good old Manny. I love Manny. Was he 48 now? Trying to make 48. a comeback? 48 and uh, Taiwanese Ty- League? Them. God bless him. Hope it works out for him because Manny's being Manny, as the old saying goes. Is that your take? That's it? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's more of a take. It's just like I can't believe someone at 48 is going to uh, try and – play baseball you know your he's not him as it was when he was playing with the red sox he's just a lot older i, I love it i love it i love it it reminds me of, of jose canseco trying to make a, a comeback in independent baseball a couple years oh, ago or oh, Ricky Henderson playing until he was 50 in in the minor leagues so i mean this happens um guys don't want to give up playing and they can continue to play in these lesser leagues so go for it i'm all for it it's fun it's stupid um, why not? We need a, a, a story like this right now. We Even if it's laugh. Manny Ramirez, who we don't really take seriously anyway. Manny being Manny. Exactly. And not to mention, the baseball over in Taiwan is miles different than baseball in right, America. Right, right. Oh, yeah, no so so it, it, it's probably something that he can catch on, probably easier to navigate maybe. You know, than yeah. The, World. I mean, Julio Franco's still playing yeah. over in Korea. Oh, my God. He's in his 60s. I mean, it, it, he coaches there. He, tra- he plays a little bit. I mean, it is, you know, if, if you can do it, go for it. Why not? Do it. Why not? Reach for the stars. So. Yep. Okay, so, Matt, thank you for joining us. Um, we do have some other stuff we'd like to talk about. Think you can hang around? Or do you got to go? I got to go back to work. But uh, you guys enjoy. Um, it was great being here. Matt, thanks for coming. Thank we got to have back on sometime. All right. Thanks, take care, guys. All right. Bye. I appreciate bye. it, Matt. We appreciate it, man. Thanks for bye. coming. Is he gone? I don't know. I think the thing froze. There he might have froze on him. We, we can do a quick edit on it. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. So, um, so yeah. Matt Martell, uh, we'll put his – yeah. We'll, he we'll, we'll, Sports we'll, Illustrated, check his writers out. 
is right. We'll put the we'll put the link in the bio on the podcast. Yeah, great guy, great guy. Oh, I loved it. That was that was enjoyable. I yeah, really enjoyed that. That was really pretty, fun. Pretty pretty knowledgeable guy, and you know, yeah, great. obviously, obviously, uh, you know, when you work for Sports Illustrated, you gotta be very intelligent. So, you know, yeah, I've known him since high school actually, and he knew a bunch of stuff. Right. I right, I, I kind of like. I wanted to talk more, but I kind of just, I kind of just sit back and just let him go because it was just inspiring. Oh, I was the same way. I was like, I want to say something, his, but it's his, like. His tangents are amazing. How about that? His tangents are amazing. Yeah, it's like he's very articulate too. Okay, guys, so we got a few other things we'd like to talk about. Do we want to just breeze through them or? Yeah. Boom, let's go. Why not? Or do we want to, or do we want to be more, or do we want to build on it more? Uh, we can do a little bit of both and build that in at a quick take. Of course. Because, you know, no offense to Matt, that ate up more time than I thought it was going to be. In a good yeah. way. In a good um, way. I'm on no schedule today. Well, well, I'm making, lunch, af- I'm making lunch after this. I'm making okay. lunch after this and going on Xbox. Okay, so um, let's talk about um, the XFL. Patchy, you said you wanted uh. to talk that last time i wanted to talk about it because it's sad it is it was it was sad because you know you look at the league it was just it was actually enjoyable football for the five i think the five weeks that it ran i I never watched it i always told myself i was gonna watch it but i never got around to it 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 was enjoyable football they had great great concepts you know after a touchdown you had the the one two or three point play Instead of the extra point. Yeah, yeah. That was great. Yeah, I did I did I did kind of enjoy that. That was, that was actually pretty cool. To me and that it, go ahead. And it puts more excitement to the game because you know, in the NFL we're used to touchdown, then point after. You know, now this is like not just one point after, this is multiple points after. Like you can actually go for it and look if you make it, you make it. I I think it was pretty dope what they were trying to do. Yeah, because um, it go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, because like, like what we talked <laughs> about, NFL, they have the extra point or they have the two-point conversion. You elaborate more, you're like, okay, in the NFL, if you catch the two-point on the interception, you can run it for the two points. Uh, and I think that was the same rule in the XFL. If you got the um, – if you intercepted the end zone or you intercepted anywhere, you could have ran it back or that amount of points. To me, I think that would be interesting to have it in the NFL. You put that in the NFL, I think NFL games get more exciting. And now they're just – the XFL is gone. XFL is gone for now. It's bankrupt. Yeah. It's up for sale. Apparently, WWE had – apparently, World Wrestling Entertainment owned, owned a quarter of the league from what I've been reading. Owned a quarter. And that's kind of weird because, you know, my boy Vince McMahon, you know, he was, he was part of that, right? Yeah, Vince, Vince McMahon owned WWE. He put his – he put $500 million into the league to yeah. make it run for two to three seasons, and now it's just gone. Yeah. yeah the, fir- it, it, the first rendition, it started off great, and then they got all WWE crazy storylined with it. But this time around, he actually hit it almost at the point, but the coronavirus unfortunately came in and killed took it, it out. Took it out. Took yeah, it on the ACL. Because I never really watched an XFL game, but I keep telling myself, I'm going to watch it, I'm going to watch it, but I never did. It was actually pretty exciting. You know, obviously, the, the New York team, you don't want to talk about the New York team. Like, you know, they're... 
that that was pretty tough to watch, you know. But uh, but DC defenders. Like, I love DC. DC's team is actually pretty oh, good. I was loving DC. But then you, you look at the Battle Hawks. Great attendance. They're getting ready to open up the second tier of the stadium because they kept more fans, and then mm-hmm. killed. Just stopped a a ball came right in and just took everything out. Yeah. So do you and think there could be any comeback, or do you think it's it's? I have to do this. T- I know I did this back in Duchess, or it has passed on. It is it, no more. It has ceased to be. It has gone, and it's it has expired and gone to meet its maker. It's a grip. It's a it's yeah, breath of life. It rests in peace. If there were more fans, it would be pushing up the daisies. It has brought down the curtain and joined the choir invisible. This is an ex football league. It's a tough question because it it is up for sale. You can. I don't know how much it's going for, but I think in the last two weeks, it was announced that it's for sale. Hey, you can go buy this league. Unlike the AAF, I think that was the last year's fun spring league we go around. To me, that wasn't – I didn't really enjoy watching that. I would watch it for like five minutes and I'm like, oh, this is just not good football. The AAF, the, the Arena you, Football League. No, it wasn't the Arena Football League. It was the it was a league that came out last year that ran for like nine weeks and then just went bankrupt. I forget. I think it was the AAF, the Arena Football League, I, is now gone too. But that's a side note. But you look at the XFL, enjoyable football, and out of it, it had I think three play. I think four players got signed to NFL teams. You had PJ Walker from the Renegades. I mean, not the Renegades, the Roughnecks. You had Jordan Tamuf, uh, also another quarterback. He got signed, and then you had two defensive backs get signed too the NFL. So the NFL was watching, and they did take some players out of the XFL. And I guess, you know, that's that's sort of the, the – I mean, obviously the point is to bring another league into light and, you know, showcase more football than what we see in the fall. But obviously is also to give players a chance to showcase to the NFL. I can make two. I'm a professional. You can sign me, and I can be a playmaker for your team. And they accomplished that pretty good. So I'm happy that at least some of the XFL players are at least getting chances to go and show their case in the in the NFL. Yeah, so Great. hopefully we'll see. Hopefully somebody maybe buys it and we can have it again. But Hopefully. There's the thing. We can only hope. And I think a lot of people want it to come back. So we can only hope. Yeah, because I wanted to give it a watch, but I kept forgetting it was on. Saturdays and Sundays. I had my friend down in D.C. who was, like, really getting into the Defenders, and uh, and, uh, and he he really bummed that uh, the XFL is is not returning anytime soon. And, you know, I really do hope that they they find whatever funds or whatever they can do to get back. Because it's good. It's just good for sports. It's good for sports, you know, like, okay, after the Super Bowl – we have spring training. We have NBA and NHL in full swing. But for the people that still want their football kick, they had their football kick till NFL draft. They had their kick. They can watch something like to me because once football ends, I go into you know basketball and hockey mode till baseball starts up because I really don't watch spring training. 
So to me, that was another filler where, okay, I can win a little bit of football if I want to. If the Knicks are playing, I can go watch the Knicks, even though that gets irritating sometimes. And then if I can catch my hockey team playing, I'll watch that. But it was fun watching the XL when I was at work, working at the bowling alley, because I would always put it on. Was it, did it have like the type of reaction from the people in the bowling alley? Like if you were to turn on like an NFL game or no? Oh, no, I, I put it on. And then um, once like seven or seven o'clock, eight o'clock rolled around, if the Knicks, if any, if any of the New York teams were playing, they would, hey, can you put the game on? Of course. You would be because like, from, no, we have to watch the XFL. No, we don't have to watch the XFL because I'll do another, I'll do a fun take on this one. On Fridays, we know you got you got the Rangers playing, the Knicks playing, the, the Nets playing, and there would always be a fight between the leagues on between certain people on what to put on, because they would fight over. Oh, we want to watch the we want to watch the Nets play. We want to watch the Knicks. Hey, put the hockey game on. People I'm like, watch, okay. People watch the Nets. People really watch the Nets. People really watch the Nets. I guess so the Nets, the, the Nets are a little more exciting than the Knicks sometimes, because because the they? Knicks. Are Watching paint dry is more exciting than the Knicks. I mean, I mean look, don't get me wrong. The, the Nets are a good team. The Nets are a good team. The Nets are a good team. And of course, you put KD and Kyrie into that mix. They're way better and pretty much a contender for the finals. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. The Knicks whooped their ass twice. So I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I know. Well, get me wrong. The Knicks. The next are the in the next few years. The next are going to be good again. I really you know, hope so. Thing, I hope you're right. With this whole, I thing. trust me. I trust me. I want them to be good because this was a couple years ago. I was talking with uh, good old parent Patchy. He just he I'll goes. Send him I just, regards, by the way. I will. I will send love his way. He's going to mm-hmm. probably listen to this later because he was asking me about where can I listen. I told him. Side note, but back to get on track. We were talking about the Knicks a few years ago, and he's like, I just want to watch them win a championship in my life. The first two don't really count because I really wasn't invested in them. But he wants to see them win a championship in his lifetime. Even though he's seen two of them, he wants to be involved with this one. He, like where, where it actually meant something to him. Like he, yeah, it actually meant something. Following, following the Knicks, and you know, he's, he's you know, actually putting time and effort into being a big Knicks fan, he wants to see them in that case. That's fair. Because he goes, he'll, he'll rag my, he'll, he'll rag me for saying, oh, oh, you're a Knicks fan, you don't really watch. I'm like, you're right, I really don't watch, but I forget the time, I'll watch. But like, we speak about, about them winning a championship, it's like me with my team in baseball. You know, all those years of heartbreak in the playoffs of them, you know, choking up a little bit, finally coming through and pushing through to win it all. And was there how a team about when the Nats won the World Series? There, I've, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell this. Watching the World Series, I think I talked about last week, a little bit was hard because I had superstitious in me. I couldn't watch them play. I would keep my phone updates. i get updates. I would watch a little bit. They would go up. All of a sudden, they start, runs would start coming on the Nationals. I had to turn the game off. Game seven rolls around. Bowling well, league night, okay, they're down. They're down. I'm like, I'll go home. It's going to go to bed. If I wake up in the morning, they win. I'm going to be excited. Couldn't sleep that night. So my feet keeps going off. I look. Okay, Nat score a run. Okay, okay they're not going to get shut out. 
all of a sudden I, I see Howie Kendrick's home run. They're up by what? I'm like, oh. So I put the broadcast on. I'm watching all the through the eighth. Bob Knight comes up. I watched the bottom of the ninth. And that was like one, three that I watched that night. And then when they won, it was a subtle hands up in the air. And then I got like five texts from all my friends. I think you were one of them, Bill. I think I was, actually. You were one of my – I think it was you, Ross, my buddy Mark, my friend Mikey, and then someone texted me that night congratulating me. Yeah, I think I did text you that night. But I will say – <laughs> that was a fun, fun time to be a fan, and now I have a bunch of Nat stuff. Championship. Oh, it, it, it's, it's, it's always it. It's always it. And the Astros who cheated lost, and that's a good thing. It was just deserved. And they beat my, and they beat our Yankees, which makes it even more painful. Yeah. That was another fun night. Watch it. Can I, can I just tell a, a really quick story? Go ahead. Um, game five, the game the Yankees actually won. I was at my buddy's wedding that night. And, well, because they weren't supposed to play that game because I think the night of the wedding they were actually supposed to have off, but because of the weather, they pushed everything back because one game got rained out. Because of the weather. I think, I think it's because of the rain. There, there was yeah, a rain out. The there rain. was a rain out that, that week, yeah. And that, that night was the day of my buddy's wedding. And I'm like thinking, and my, and my buddy who was getting married is a Met fan. Mm. And I'm like thinking, Steve, you better damn well appreciate this. You better da- – I'm, I'm missing a Yankee playoff game for this. Yeah, like I was checking the phone, my phone. Mm-hmm. And, Steve, if you're listening to this, no malice, buddy. I'm, I had a blast at that wedding. And um, you and your wife are two of my absolute favorite people. Um, so, yeah, Steve, if you're listening, don't hunt me down. I'm um. I'm like checking my phone, but like after a while, I'm thinking, you know what? It's my buddy's wedding. I can watch the highlights later. I was watching game seven of the ALCS at the Bowling Alley. And, the, and I, I'm going to admit this. I didn't want a Yankees-Nats World Series because I knew the Yankees were going to win if they beat Houston. I to, me, was, Reg, and you would all, be, would all be killing each other for the next week. Would it, no, we wouldn't have, but... I believe that the Yankees beat the Astros in game seven. Six. The six. Yankees, it only went six. Six, oh, six. six, my bad. Yeah, they went six, six my seven. bad. Yeah. It, it, if the Yankees won, won that series, they were winning the whole thing. I just had that gut feeling in me. And then when, when game Are six happened, terrible? oh, I was, I was very confident. If the Nats won, you would be bragging to. If the Nats beat, oh. you'd be bragging to us for the end to the end of time. Oh, I can still brag to you at the time. My team won a World Series this year, this past year. <laughs> the Yan- yeah. Yankees haven't won since '09. My team won one. Yeah. So, um, anyway, something I wanted to talk about: um, NFL power rankings. Mm-hmm. Is, is there is there need to talk about that right now? Uh, we could just breeze through them. You just want to talk about our teams, or you want to go through all 32? <laughs> if you want to go through all 32, I'm down. You know what? Let's make a vote. Um, Red, you want to go through all 32 or just talk, talk about our teams? Well, I mean, we can talk about, you know, just the, the more important ones. So obviously, I mean, what, what's, what's the Jets power ranking? The, the, the you just Jets want to know ranking. the Jets power ranking? They're, 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 what, where are they? Are they, are they bomb the bottom of the like, hey, Come on. Like, what, what are we talking about here? It's the New York Jets for crying out loud. J-E-T-S. That's, 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 that's 22. Oh, I was close. Yeah. 
Yeah. Who's number one? I'm I'm curious as to who's number one right now. You're gonna laugh at this. You ready? Death mm-hmm. Bay. The Niners. 49ers. Okay. 49ers are good. good Jimmy team. G. I love I love Garoppolo. And the Chiefs. I love too. that. I love that Chiefs too. Oh, okay. I, I, and um, I'll just they're, go. They're pretty sad. Man. Saints are at three. Ravens are at four. Colts are at five. Titans are at six. Tampa is at seven. We all saw that coming. They were going to be in at least the top ten. TB12. And Gronk. The Cowboys at eight. The Bills at nine. And the Steelers at ten. You know, the, the Buffalo Bills never get any love. You know, the Bills I'm, never I'm not, get love. I, I, I'm not a Bills fan, but I am a New Yorker. And the fact that my friends over in Western New York don't get any love, it stinks. The Bills should be much higher. They're a good team. And you know what? They're getting much better. They the got Bills, much better. The Bills are going to win a Super Bowl this decade. Yeah. And Pack, better. your Packers are at number 16. That's all right. They're, the Packers need to figure something out. And my Giants are at number 26. Well, that's the Giants for you. The Giants are trash right now. Yep. I agree. So is that quarterback. But hey, number 26, uh-huh. number of one oh. of favorite players on there. Yeah, the Giants, it's going to be interesting next few years with the Giants. The Giants need also to figure something out. If Joe Judge screws it up, you better put Abby in charge. She probably knows what she's doing. Well, here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. The biggest thing is Daniel Jones. Like, where is Danny Dimes? Is he going to develop into the quarterback that the Giants say he is, that Dave Gellman, you know, believes he can be? You know, that's that's the thing. Right now, I don't think he's right there. I mean, he look, he surprised me. Here's the thing: he was first picked to be Eli's successor, and now you know he had time to prep. Now he, it's all on him. Yeah, and and you know what? And you know what? I underestimated about him the fact that he's so focused to do well, and that that's all he's really focused on. You know, and that's sort of been the trend lately. We're getting a a lot of a lot of big a lot of the big time athletes in New York City, in the region, you know, they're all introverts. They don't really go out much. They're not looking for big spotlight. They're not looking for names on the front page or big headline news. So it's like, you know, that's, that gives me hope, you know, for someone like R.J. Barrett. It gives me hope for Sam Darnold. Judge, you already saw him play in the playoffs. He doesn't do much, you know, so I, I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. And you know what? I hope for Daniel Jones, too, because, you know, he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. And, he's know, a good guy. I like him. But how accurate do you think these rankings are going to be? Not very well. Well, I mean, it, it's May. So, you know. It's I'm, May. I'm, we're, we're, we're far out from the season. Tra- training camp, which may not happen, starts in July. So, what are you talking about here? Yeah, so I don't really think there's a – I think everyone take these rankings with a grain of salt. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it gives us a good idea for sure, for certain. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, guys, it's time for us to get a little um, controversial here. Mm. <laughs> of course. God, please yeah. don't strike me down for what I'm about to do. <laughs> 
Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, you can elaborate more because uh, I haven't really read on this one. Okay, so um, yeah, you got to elaborate on me too with this one. Okay, so here has what's been going on. I now have to catch my two lovely friends here. Listen, um, let's push your story. Life is tough right now. I know, and like, listen, I just thought of, the news just came last night, and I just thought about it this morning. So that's on me. If we were back in the old studio days, ding. <laughs> <laughs> And now, boom. And well, um, regardless, Bill, take us on the train. Take okay. us on the ride, on the highway. Okay, so here's what's been going on. The past couple years, the U.S. women's soccer team has been yelling that they should get equal pay. By far, they should. They the need, U.S. women's they soccer team should be getting equal pay. They should and, get more, um, more than equal pay, in my opinion. The women's national soccer team sued the U.S. Olympic Soccer Organization or sued the U.S. soccer. You know, they took them to court and everything. And yesterday, a judge, the judge ruled against the women's team. And the yeah, so the judge ruled against them. And excuse us, I just have the article up right now. It's all right. Um, it was filed last year, and the case was dismissed. And um, apparently, the um, lawsuit was about gender pay discrimination, which is a uh... Big, big, big issue in America. Unfortunately. And like, listen, um, yeah. it is because we're not, none of us here are lawyers. We don't have law degrees. We're not a political show. So yeah, we're going to, and, and, and we're, and we're also men. So it's like, you know, we're going to try to keep the legal aspect like in explanatory wise, we're going to try to keep it just so we can all understand it. We're not going to be using all the fancy legal terms. Correct. But let, let me tell you this. I'm so qualified to be to do legal stuff. I never went to law school, but I've watched every episode of Law & Order. I am so qualified to talk about this. No, you're not. That, no, that's, a, that, that's a TV show. I'm sure they have some consultants who know what the hell they're doing. But okay, regardless... But regardless how funny but, if people could just use that as, like, legal experience. Did you go to law school? No, but I watched every episode of Law & Order. Yeah. But um, to get back on track, um, Thank you. the U.S. Uh, women's soccer team deserves equal pay, if not more. Absolutely. Because, to me, they're more exciting than the men to watch. Because you, know, you know what the thing is that really infuriates me? Is I was looking at the um, – the stats before we came on. You know how many World Cups the women's team has won? Four. You know how many the men have won? Goose egg. You know how many gold medals the the women's team has won? You know how many the men have won? Goose egg again. So it's like, who Why made the world? Who made the World Cup? The women. Who failed to make it the last time around? The men. 
why are they getting, do you got, get, you guys want to chime in on this? Why are they not getting paid as much as the men are? Listen, it doesn't even have to be a you're, 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 you are asking the wrong person. My, yeah. my, my biggest guess is that they draw more people to the stadiums. They're, they see, they're watching. I mean, th- th- this one might not be true, but GB, you know, ratings are probably bigger. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know why. Women- because, because to me, to me, I, I think it's it's an absolute travesty that the that in America, where the more popular team for soccer is the women's team. Absolutely, it, it, it's they're way better, and I and and they they get dirtier than the men. They play harder. They have more grit. They're more passionate. Everyone loves talking about. We love the women's soccer team, and yet they're way behind in the pay gap. With the men, it's it, it doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. Quoting Denzel Washington from Philadelphia, this is the essence of discrimination. It's it's just not fair, to be honest. You know, we we also put big women for uh, big women sports figures on top of like one of the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like I wouldn't say pedestal, but um, we look up to them. That's what I'm looking for. Like, and they deserve to get paid. Equal, if not more, for what they do. You know, like we look at the U.S. Um, women's Olympics uh, team, a lot of great role models on there. They do great at what they do, and it's Olympics are worse. Agreed. Look at the Olympics. We like we just don't us as Americans. I think we don't. Give credit where credit is due to the women, and because, where we, we we need to, because and, you know and listen, um, again, I know people are gonna be coming at us like thinking, oh, what do you guys know? You're men. But let me tell you something. We may not know much, but we support it because you know that's just who we that, that uh, I'm just a human being. And because, any any human being who is able to uplift America into a frenzy. Here's the thing. I'm sorry. It, they, they, they need to be. They need to be. It needs to be fair. The women need to be paid equal. Because here's the thing: when you were saying they love the U.S. soccer team, um, I have some neighbors who are very close family friends of mine. Mm-hmm. Like I love these people to death. They're like a second family. Um, they love U.S. women's soccer. Um, I remember a couple years ago, the World Cup, when it was played. I think it was in Montreal. Am I correct? Yes. Somewhere was it Montreal or somewhere else? World Cup, World Cup was across Canada in 2015. I remember. I think it was for either the semifinals or the finals. They and some other friends from their soccer teams. They literally drove up, drew, drove up to Montreal to go see them play. I would have loved to done that. And I think we can all say that's dedication. And the thing is, like. From a practical perspective here, that's like, let's say you, you run a company. You have two guys. One guy is a slacker, comes into late, comes into work late constantly. He's not doing anything right. 
and yet he's getting a higher pay rate. Well, you have another employee who bust his or her hump to get in. Maybe they get in an hour early, they stay late. They're busting their ass, and yet they're and yet the guy who is like a slacker is getting paid more. Like in a just and sane world, that would make no sense. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, um, all I got to say is for the U.S. women's soccer team, got ladies, don't give up. Yeah, we're, no, we're, never. We're behind you. We're behind you 100%. Because, you know what? I hope they, this gets appealed and it goes should. to a higher court. And, and listen, we're not sitting here trying to be the, you know, super woke SJW crowd. We'll just say, we just want what's fair and what's right. It's obviously saying that the, the women who have been doing much, much better than the men. <laughs> Guys, sorry. You, and we mean this with yeah. the utmost respect. Um, you stink. You guys kind of suck. <laughs> Sorry, it's yeah. it's the truth. Come at us. <laughs> but this is not about being woke. You know what this yeah. is about? This is about what's right and this is about what's fair. And, Agreed. and this, this is this is across the sports landscape in America. This is not just soccer. This is basketball. This is you know Olympics. This is Hockey, whatever, whatever sport you can name, this is happening across America in the sport. And it, it, because it, I remember looking at a couple cool. years ago, this was a while back, so I may not remember everything. I was looking at the price of Knicks tickets and Liberty tickets. Liberty tickets are like downright dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a different. I don't. It's not a different subject, but. That because the WNBA doesn't get credit where credit's due because they're exciting to watch too at times. Very. Yeah. So I'm excited for the Liberty season if it happens this year with their new with their overall first pick. I'm excited to see where this goes. Sabrina Nescu. Yes, very excited. I saw yeah. her. Uh, I forget which it was in Oregon. Yeah, she's from Oregon. Yeah. Um, when you're at MSG, you see the Liberty banners, and they won a championship, I think, in the last 20 years before the Knicks. But that kind of shows right there. Like, you know, again, like, women's sports is underappreciated. Underappreciated and just as important. Too. They're working just as hard as the men are. Mm-hmm. I believe it was back when it was World War II, we had the Ladies Baseball League. A League of Their Own. League of Their Own. Great movie. My favorite baseball movies. (laughs) But you see what they did. They stepped up, you know, and say, we can play ball just like the men. And to me, I think that would be great to have in today's world, a women's professional baseball league. That would be great. It would be great to see because that would be awesome to see in this world. So I know you. I know what you guys are going to say. So, should the women's soccer team get paid equal more than the men? Well, we've already said it, and it, let's say it together: it one, two, three. Yes. 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 How about this? Yes. Fuck yes. <laughs> All right, Bill dropped the first F bomb on the show. Woo! Yes. And I'm proud of it. I was waiting for that. 
Wait for that first death bomb. I thought it was going to get be away late. with more stuff on the internet, but we're going to try to keep it a little more. We're going to try our best to keep it more classy. In in that instance, I'll allow it. Absolutely, they deserve it, if not more. Yeah. So, ladies, again, don't give up. Keep going. Keep fighting. And I again, I hope they appeal this. There, there will be an appeal. There has to be. Uh, yeah. be again, be none of us are lawyers. None of us are legal scholars, so we can't really speak to that matter. And well, it, 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 it's always, it's always going to be tough. It's always going to be tough for them. Because but you know what? You've got to. You gotta, you gotta keep fighting. You gotta keep going. Mm-hmm. And as Winston Churchill said at his speech, at his commencement speech in Oxford, "Never give up." Never no, give that's an up. actual thing. He was on the stage. He looked at the crowd. He goes, "Never give up." Mm-hmm. And then he looks at the crowd again. He goes, "Never give up." So, bottom of the line, guys. Don't, ladies, don't give up. And we're all behind you. Okay, so anything else or are we good? Are we good, man? All right, guys. Um, Again, we um like to thank um Matt Martell for joining us today. Yes. It yes, was a very... ton of fun, and hopefully he comes back soon. Yeah, when he can. I, mean, I know he's a busy guy. And... He's a busy dude. He works for Sports Illustrated. Yeah. And yeah, we're coming out people up, on so... YouTube and Podbeam. <laughs> but uh again thanks for coming buddy um you know our youtube channel like comment subscribe hit that bell uh like us on facebook we actually got a twitter up yeah baby so we'll put the link in our description follow us on twitter like us on facebook and subscribe to the channel um next week will we have a show um we'll see we're gonna have a show come on We'll, we'll figure something out I have one sports act for today. What was that? The show. I'm gonna. I have an idea about each week we end the show with sports fact that happened on the day of our show. So. Okay. Do you have a fact okay. now, or? All right. Today, on May second, in 1999, John Elway announced his retirement. John Elway. And along with that, also on this day in 2015, Pacquiao and Mayweather fought. Okay. I remember that fight. I didn't watch it, but. And if you want, and for all your soccer buffs out there, in 2012, uh, Lionel Messi broke the European goal scoring record with 68 goals. Leo Messi. Fantastic. So, okay, so that's our show for today, guys. It went on a little longer, but we just had a lot of stuff to get to. Who cares? It's a podcast. It can go as long as we want. Yeah, you know what? That's like the advantage of being on here than back when we were on college radio. We could basically do whatever we want. Oh, when I was on call, that's why my show was always on Fridays. My 90s and Now show, with which was 90s and Now rock music from now to today. But they let me have my show go longer if I wanted. Because mm-hmm. I, I used to do the DCC movies on Fridays. Hey, be on all day if you want. They, they, chairman and chairman did not care. <laughs> Shout out to Nick. Yeah, he actually commented on our video that we put up on YouTube. He was happy that we're back. And we're and glad you know to what, be back. Nick? It's good to be back. Miss that, man. All right, guys. We hope you enjoyed. Again, like, comment, subscribe. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter. We're going to put Matt's Twitter in the bio, too, if you want to follow him. And thanks for coming, and we will see you around. Bye-bye.
Peace. Love you guys. Batchman out.